This episode of the Hoopercast is brought to you by Letterboxd. Right now, listeners of our show have the chance to win a free one-year pro account upgrade on Letterboxd. For those of you who don't know, Letterboxd is a social network for film lovers that allows you to track rate and review the films you watch. You can follow other members to get recommendations. You can publish lists of films like your top 10 for the year and a lot more. Letterboxd is free to use. There's no subscription fee, but a pro account is going to provide you with additional features such as a customized summary of your past year's viewing. If you already have an account, then you get a one year extension free. If you want to enter, All you have to do is listen to our show, and we will read the code word at random. Then you're going to send us an email at hoopercast at gmail.com, enter the code word in the subject line of the email, and make sure you include your letterboxed username. The winner will be selected during the last show of each month. You can also follow our show on Letterboxd. Just search Hoopercast. That's letterboxd.com, L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D.com, letterboxd.com. everybody oh oh i'm good i'm a little quieter tonight hello everybody it's the Hoopercast. it is yes i it is i connor it is he dustin and this is we the Hoopercast. it is friday of course friday should be june the 5th that is yes. sorry july the 5th july um that is if you are watching on patreon if you're not you're on youtube and it is the 12th or later um so if you're on YouTube, then thank you for subscribing to the channel. There is an earlier, fuller version of this episode on patreon.com slash supercast. If you want to access that, we'll talk about that later in the show. Or of yes. course, you're probably just listening on iTunes, in which case, thanks guys. There's a video version of the show on YouTube. And then on YouTube, yes. we'll direct you to Patreon and the cycle will just continue. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> anyway, um... We are here, Dustin, this week. Yes, we are here to talk about <laughs> to talk about a couple of movies <laughs> um, that we saw. Mine, I did not see recently. I don't know about you. No, it's it's been a little while. Um, this is one I've sort of had in storage for a while. So, well, yeah. let's let's talk about it now. Of course, now is the time to, yeah, uh, to discuss things like this. Um, what did you see, Dustin? Uh, so I saw a little film called Wonder, mm-hmm. um, W-O-N-D-E-R, not W-A-N-D-E-R, um, and uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a quaint little film. It stars um, uh, Owen Wilson, Julia Roberts, um, and Jacob Tremblay, who I'm a big fan of from Room. Mm, and um, that's right. yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, that's what I saw. Oh, I thought you were. Um, <laughs> oh, I can it. I can review it for sure. Um, I, I thought I thought you were just asking like, what did you see? No, no, and no. You go ahead. Say, Here's what I saw. I thought that was um, your review. I was like, oh, cool. You saw it. Yeah, that's that's it. I saw it. Not a good no, sign. No recommendations at all. Um, no. So, um, so Wonder is a little movie. Um, it actually came out last year, so 2017. Um, yeah. And um, it's directed by a guy named Steven Chbosky, who um, did Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, so, um, which is, I think he's done a couple other things, but that's like his, his thing. Um, so, um, 
this movie is about uh so jacob tremblay plays a young boy who um suffers from let me see if i can pull it up he has some facial deformities um you know i don't know if they ever say what exactly it is that he has yeah i Um, I can't find anything specific about it yeah so but anyway he um he has some facial deformities and um he has been homeschooled and now he's moving into um, public school and um, his mom of course is uh, a little bit worried about this his dad Owen Wilson is a little more like oh wow he's going to public school oh, cool. wow. yeah he's oh, going to meet cool. some people wow, wow. ka-chow yeah. and um, ka-chow <laughs> and um, so so um, and then he's got like he's got an older sister who's really protective of him and um, you know all these little things um, so it's a lot about their family dynamic mm-hmm. and it's a lot about him sort of struggling through school making friends um, and that sort of thing um, it's a good family movie I think um, it's it's got great you know kind of uh, messages for for kids on um, teaching them not to judge a book by its cover um, you know to make friends not based on uh, appearance but rather uh, character um, so it's it's a lot of really good lessons and um, the the family dynamic I think is really strong I think it they, they come across as an actual family um, and um, and yeah, there's some there's some really great, really sweet moments in this film. Um, it's a little bit strange because it, in a way, defies the three act structure, um, which I think because the the film is based on a book, so and and I think the book probably makes better use of this than the film does. Um, but it changes uh, point of view characters several times throughout the film. So you have sort of like a vignette, right, where this is Jacob Tremblay's character, and then now we're going to see sort of his older sister's story, and now we're going to see his mom's story. And it so you know I can't even I can't even remember if it's in actual like thirds like those are the three characters. I think there's actually a, a fourth character that gets a story. Um, so n- nevertheless, it, it's it's broken apart. Um, and then the stories kind of all intersect in weird ways. So even when it changes point of view character to say the older sister, you're still seeing a continuation of the story of Augie. That's Jacob Tremblay's character. Um, you're still seeing that storyline progress. You're just now seeing it through a different set of eyes. Um, and and it makes sense that you would write a book that way. Um, I think it's a little less effective with the film. I, I, I tend to prefer a film that has um, a static point of view character. Like, okay, Agreed. we're, we're going to see this through Augie's eyes um, and let's stay there. Um, but I, I understand that you know, in the book, you have these subplots where you've got the story of the older sister and her best friend and how her best friend went to summer camp and came back a different person. So now the older sister feels isolated um, because her best friend is no longer her best friend. Her best friend is like trying to be popular and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and so and so all of this probably works really well in the context of the book. And it's not uninteresting here, um, but it, it it kind of distracts from the focus of the film, um, which of course should be and is uh, the Augie character, um, and and I think um, I think it's a little bit of a detriment to it, um, but it doesn't it doesn't ruin it. Um, I've seen examples that are worse. Um, 
and 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 so so this isn't a huge offender but i think for my personal taste i I would have preferred to stick with one point of view character um and you know i think augie should have been that character um and then we can get to know and and see these other subplots but see them through his eyes rather than see them through anyone else's and i think it still would have worked and i think it still would have provided us an, an avenue to see his older sister's uh character uh progression and and his mother's character progression um because i think um again he's so involved in all these other people's stories that to see it through his eyes i think it it would have worked it's not like you would have had to do a huge major rewrite in order for that to have happened um because he's there um so i think why not just stick with him um so so i guess ultimately that that uh pulls the film down a little bit for me um but it is a sweet it is a a tender film that that i think um people will enjoy um you know i have a soft spot you know going all the way back to you know maybe my childhood watching uh true confessions i have a a soft spot for for stories about um uh people that um face big challenges due to physical or mental limitations um you know forrest gump you know the list goes on but um but i think you know i've got a soft spot for those kind of movies so so this this was right up my alley um again i think the structure kind of brings it down a little bit but um but it is it, it, it's a fine movie and i think it's a great family movie so if you're looking for something to turn on with the family or you're looking for something for a date night um this is a non-offensive um sweet little story um you know to some it may be a little too saccharine um to me it, it's not um but uh, I think that's mostly because it, it's a kid's movie um, at the end of the day. And uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with a saccharine kid's movie. Um, so um, would I recommend this? Um, yeah, you know, I think I would. I think, um, again, I would recommend it more for like a date night or for a family uh, gathering kind of movie. Um, you know, if this... It, if you're looking to just watch something uh, in your free time, um, I would tend to go with something a little more, um, uh, maybe a little more hearty, um, something you're going to get a little more meat out of um, than this. But um, but for a date night, you know, just something to pop on that that is going to make you feel good and give you the warm and fuzzies. Um, th- this will do the trick. Um, so so you know. On our scale, I'd say it's fine. Um, I think uh, again, my my major nitpick is is that that um, structure. But I will say it's well performed. Um, Jacob Tremblay is um, probably the best kid actor out there today. Um, Hooper, have you seen Room? If I seen Room, yes, yes, yes. So so. Jacob Tremblay in that was phenomenal. Yes. Um, and 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 then there's this and there's that movie that's on Netflix now. I can't remember what it's called, but I, I'll watch that eventually. It's got like Kate Bosworth in it where he plays like a kid who dreams things and the dreams come into reality. Anyway, the point is um, I'm a big fan of Jacob Tremblay. I think he's a great actor. Um, it's, it's really only every once in a while that you see a kid that um, uh, is truly talented and, you know, cute and fun to watch 
um, you know, you think back and you've got like your Haley Joel Osmets or your uh, Ron Howard's even, um, and um, I think Jacob Tremblay falls into that category, um, and I think I think he'll become, you know, one of those actors that that sticks around. I hope he doesn't, um, you know fall prey to the system but um you know i also think of like Haley steinfeld and true grit you know these are like kids that like steal the movies they're in um and and he certainly does that here um julia roberts does a really great job owen wilson's passable he's really not in the movie very much um but he does a good job with what he's given um and again he's believable as a as a dad to this kid uh the chemistry's there um i believe it um so I think I think all in all, um, you know, solid performances, sweet story makes it a reason why I would recommend it, um, even if there's not really meat for a film buff to chew on here. So, um, so yeah, that that's that's generally um, that's wonder, um, and uh, yeah, it, this is not available uh, on any sort of uh, streaming service, so you will have to rent this at Redbox or. Um, you know, pick it up at the library or something. Um, so, so that's another little added factor that you have to consider. Um, you're gonna have to pay for it or wait for it, and um, you know, it may not be quite worth it if you put too much time into it. So, um, just something to consider. But, um, but yeah, I think I think for a date night, this would be a great little little piece. Yeah, absolutely. It's it seems pretty pretty feel good, pretty safe movie yeah. to watch with a, a loved one. Right. And it's not offensive. It's not like, you know, it, it's a stupid movie or like you're like, oh, these characters are just whatever. Because, you know, after all, it's a kid's movie. So you're not getting anything too deep. You're not worried too much about the psychology of the characters right. or, you know, whether or not it's realistic that so and so would perform in this behavior. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's all... Um, it's all pretty shallow, um, but just deep enough to, to kind of get your feet wet. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what you got for me, Hooper? I saw Inside Lewin Davis. Okay. Um, God, months ago now. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I saw this on Amazon Prime. Uh, this is a 2013 mm-hmm. film. This is directed by the Coen brothers, right? Written mm-hmm. by the Coen brothers, starring uh, Oscar Isaac, Carrie Mulligan, uh, John Goodwin, uh, you know, and peppered in there, Justin Timberlake, uh, Adam Driver, Garrett Hedlund. Uh, you know, a few people you Dang. might recognize. Well, you know, it's just it's it's they're bit roles, right? Um, sure, sure. It's 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 a little bit of a, of a of a road movie in that sort of sense, even though it does take place okay. mostly in in uh, in in New York. Um, it's mm-hmm. 1961, and it is okay. the the folk music scene um, of um, of uh, of of New York of Green- Greenwich Village. Um, okay whatever that means i guess that's a you know <laughs> that's just what the thing he says on imdb but i guess that's the area of new york where music was happening um to i don't know anything about history or the history of music but greenwich village 1961 for those of you who that means something to it's that period so mm. there's mm. that um so uh I, the movie essentially follows um this artist lewin davis who used to be um uh, part of a duo. I can't remember now if his partner, you know, he's, he's now in the, in the area of his career after being part of like a successful, um, uh, singing team. Um, okay. and he's struggling a little bit, um, as a solo artist. And so okay. the movie is essentially about him struggling. Um, I'm not going to say too much more about it. Um, 
because it's one of those films where it might end the way you think it's going to end. It might not end the way you think it's going to end. It just depends on what you think you're going to get out of this film. Um, I, this is a Coen brothers film, so I wasn't sure what I was looking for. Um, sure. Um, I, I came, um, I came for the Coen brothers. Um, Oscar Isaac is really good in the film. Um, it's a, it's a really good portrait sort of slice of life and slice of history of, showing us an artist who's suffering for his art, um, mm. which is always kind of fascinating to watch and, you know, yeah. can, could be inspiring for someone to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, except not here because it asks us, it, or it has us ask ourselves if we might put ourselves through the same, um, you know, I guess mi- uh, for lack of a better word, misery. Um, okay. Cause he, the, 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 his career, his chosen lifestyle costs him a good bit in his personal relationships. Um, he's, he's very focused. He's so focused on surviving. He's, he's like, he, he's essentially homeless. He has to, he has to sleep at people's houses a couple nights at a time. Um, you know, the same kind of cycle of friends who are, uh, you know, some of whom are like, you know, he's good company. Some of whom are just amused by him as like, Oh, this is like our token music friend. He stays here and, it makes us seem hip. So we let him stay here sometimes. And some people who are just sick of having him on the couch and wondering when he's going to get his life together or move on and get like a real job, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and he's so focused on surviving that he's, he's kind of a dick to everybody who doesn't seem to enjoy his art. And mm. hold on a second. Hey, but you need to go to bed, go to bed. Okay. Good night. <laughs> My daughter speaking of <laughs> speaking of being a dick. Um, um, I, uh, he, he's kind of a jerk to everyone who doesn't seem, uh, to enjoy his music in a way, mm. um, sort of in like the self-righteous, like you don't understand it kind of way, but in, you know, a little more subtle than that. Um, mm. so yeah, it has, it sort of has you ask yourself if you would go through the same thing. Um, and, and my answer is I wouldn't like, especially yeah. after, after watching this film, because um, like I, I, this is, this is sort of where I say, I take like a, like a personal sort of take on this, on this movie in 2011, when we graduated college, I, uh, was, was faced with a very early form of this question, which was like, am I going to like try and get a job in film, um, in some major city or attempt to at least, or would I, you know, would I go home and sort of pursue this relationship with my then girlfriend, um, you know, to, to sort of focus on that, you know, which, mm-hmm. where, where was I going to put my emphasis on my, in my personal life or in my career? And, um, and, and so I chose my personal life and, you know, now we're married and we have two children, one of which won't freaking go to bed, you know? <laughs> um, so it's a fine film, but I wouldn't say I enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's the point. I don't know. This is this is sort of where I get get to like where I'm like, okay, because maybe that's the point of the film. Like it's not super happy or anything. But but I'll say this: being as frustrated as as Lewin mm. is not an enjoyable experience. Mm. And for me, it doesn't pay off. Um, gotcha. And that's not why I watch movies. Um, yeah. You know, I I that yeah. So I gave Inside Lewin Davis a two point five star. Okay. Um, I, 
I mean, it didn't piss me off or anything, but I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's fine because it's one of those where it's like, oh, so after I watched that, I, I didn't sort of feel like I spent my time well. And, yeah. and, and I guess because I just, the film is kind of slow in a lot of, in a lot of areas. There's a lot of dead space as there tends to be in, in, um, in Coen brothers films. And if yeah. you're really not connected or invested in what the characters are doing, you're sort of just spending the film waiting for him to quit. And then, you know, you're not really getting what you want at the end of the film. There's no, for me, there was no realization of the character. Like, Oh, cool. Like I got it. Cool journey. I was just right. like, you should quit like the whole time. And every time he does, it, I'm like, why am I watching you? Like, you know, right. like I felt like, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how I felt. So, um, that's really just my take. Other people might feel very differently about inside Lewin Davis. Um, I, I can't remember what it had on, uh, on, on rotten tomatoes. I don't think it, was among the higher reviews of uh oh it's got 93 seriously oh wow oh come on <laughs> um let me let me ask you this how, how do you feel about the other coen brothers films it says smart funny and profoundly melancholy that doesn't mean good <laughs> right right that means kind of miserable artfully right. miserable is what i would call call this right. film sorry how do i feel about the other coen brothers films yeah yeah uh let's do a speed round real quick just throw me some titles i'll tell you whether or not i liked them okay hold on let me pull up a list i mean i can do yeah. it off the top of my head but i don't want to sure miss anything. yeah yeah it's fine um all right hold up hold up yeah. hold up yeah i've seen uh miller's <clears throat> crossing i thought that was kind of boring okay um so uh, i wouldn't watch you see raising arizona i've seen raising arizona a long time ago but i remember what i remember liking raising arizona that one that one's okay. funny that one's got a lot more going on Sure. Yeah. Uh, Barton Fink. I haven't seen Barton Fink yet. Okay. I haven't either. Um, have you seen uh, Fargo? Oh yeah, Fargo's great. Fargo's classic. Big Lebowski. Love the Big Lebowski. Big oh, Lebowski. Brother, where art thou? Brother Arthur's good. It's been a while, but um, but that one's got a lot more going on. That one's a little bit more. That one's kind of better shot. That one's um, uh, better paced, I think. Sure. Uh, and the music is better. There's a lot more music in that film. Oddly, this film is about musicians, and there's not all the music in here is melancholy and sad. And the, the, the music in a brother art thou is a little bit more, I don't know, upbeat, I guess folksy. Mm, this, gotcha. I'll get in. This is also folksy, but that's like, this is like a brother art. There's like bluegrassy folksy. I like that. Right. Right. It's more right. fun to listen to. There's harmony. Right. True. Yeah. Um, did you see, uh, the man who wasn't there? I've not seen that. Uh, the lady killers. No, <laughs> no country for old men. Yeah, um, that one's been a while too. I need to rewatch it. I my impression of it, at least up to this point, was that I, I I really enjoyed the atmosphere. I really, really, really liked that movie until the third act, and then I really uh, fell off. I wasn't, I wasn't. It was dissatisfying. But again, I could, I my opinion may have matured with that film now that I've mm. aged. So I need to give that another look. Uh, Burn after reading. Burn After Reading was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, True Grit. I like True Grit a good bit. I like it a lot. Did you see Hail Caesar? I did see Hail Caesar. I didn't really like that one. That, okay. the one yeah. I gotcha. Now, I, I know I, I left out a few, but um, but just going backwards, like True Grit for me, um, I, I love True Grit. I think it's a great story. Mm -hmm. um, I think they do a great job with that. Um, Burn After Reading, I, I think, is largely forgettable. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember just Brad Pitt, like chewing scenery and that's yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
No Country for Old Men. I'm right there with you. I think it's a great movie until yeah. that third act. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's just a general lack of resolution from some of the storylines or yeah. um, the fact that it's meant to be a little more nihilistic or, or subversive. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but but generally generally speaking, um, I'm I'm not a fan of that movie. Yeah. Um, but but then again, like if you put on that first two acts, I'm gonna be like, man, this is so good. I know. And that's exactly what happens every time I watch it. I'm like, oh, I love this. I can't movie. believe like, I didn't well, like this. Did, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it ends, and I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. The man who wasn't there, I thought was really good. Um, oh brother, where art thou? Um, I it, it's one of those weird movies where it's like I really I really love it. And then, like, I watch it, and I'm like, "That was that was good." Like, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't. I, I don't love it. It was yeah. good. And then, like, three weeks pass, and I'm like, "Man, I love that movie." And then I watch it again, and it's like the same cycle. It's like it was good. I don't know why I loved it. Right. And then uh, the Big Lebowski. Yeah, I love the Big Lebowski. A great movie. Uh, Fargo also really good. Um, I, I enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah. And I haven't seen I haven't seen any any of their movies before Fargo. My favorite um, of their movies is still The Big Lebowski because that's just that's the perfect that's got everything that they do best. Uh, it has a yeah. really interesting story. It has yeah. really interesting characters, great performances, m- memorable, iconic characters, great performances, yeah. great cinematography, um, great soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and just great direction. Yeah, you know The Big Lebowski has it all for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think The Big Lebowski's probably their most memorable movie. Yeah. Um, and um, and I think it's it's probably their most universally liked film, um, and I think for good reason. Um, I, I still like True Grit a lot. You know, maybe that's just because it's more of like a traditional movie is, from them. Yeah, it is pretty traditional. Um, but but I, I I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, but I think those two are my favorite movies, and and I do like Oh Brother. But you know, again, I think if I watched it again, I'd be like, this is just okay. But but then like, again, three weeks later, I'm gonna be like, man, I, I do love that movie. Um, yeah. I think I just love the idea and the atmosphere and like the images in my head better than I do actually watching it. Um, but but all that is to say, like, my the, my reason for asking that was. I was going to see like if you didn't like any of the Coen Brothers movies then it would make sense because because the Coen Brothers are are two filmmakers that I feel like um their movies are um very much their movies. You know what I mean? So so it's understandable like if you didn't like one you may not like any of them. Um, but then again, you may love all of their movies and I've certainly met people who love everything they touch. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I do like the Coen brothers. I just, they're, their material. I don't know. Like they, they, they tend to, I, they tend to like to deep dive into certain eras so you know of course like that that period of the south you know the evangelical south with the oh brother where art thou or the or the west in particular like with the true, true grit or now of course like the music scene in the 1960s so clearly mm-hmm. these periods of time or these areas of the country are really fascinating to them because they they seem yeah. very interested in character and characters yeah. and and lifestyles um yeah. so you know i wouldn't be surprised if <sighs> Well, who knows? I mean, there's a myriad of stories that could they could sort of take on that would that would be sure. that could be great. But so I, I tend to to be on board with their films because they they explore character in an interesting way. Um, it's just their overall stories either grab me or they don't. And gotcha. I, I I it's not like I came in ready to hate um, Inside Lewin Davis, but I definitely mm. went into the movie going I'm not inherently 
like looking forward to this film. I'm just watching it because their name is on it. But like, yeah. I, there's a reason I didn't see this 2013 film until yeah, yeah. like late last year, early this year, right? Because I just it just didn't grab me. Right. True. So, um, you know. did you ever hear that story about why Bill Murray did Garfield? I know this is gonna seem like <laughs> out of left field. Okay. Um, so Garfield was written by a guy named Joel Cohen. And evidently Bill Murray claims he signed on to that movie because he thought that that was the Cohen brothers. Like Joel Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so, but it's, it's Joel Cohen. Why would you think that? And the other is Joel Cohen, like with an H. And, and that's what Bill Murray claims. I don't know if that's true or not, but he claims he thought it was the Cohen brothers. And so he signed on for it. Sight unseen. I'm sure. Okay, not to like. I don't want to be the person who goes. I don't know. I don't know. Dustin. I don't know, Bill. I don't. I don't know if it, I trust. That you. sounds like a mistake. He would. That sounds like a joke from him because he's probably mm. tired of hearing the question. Why'd you do Garfield? Because right. I'm sure. I'm sure the answer is. Um, it was a quick paycheck. Money. And I'm yeah. sure it could. Like, how bad could it be? And then he, right. after signing, he saw the script and was like, "My God." Well, and essentially, like that, I, I can see the idea of like it doesn't matter how bad it is; it's my voice, right? Um, it's not really going to kill my career because my career isn't as a voice actor, right? But then yeah. it, it, the only thing that could go wrong is if everyone constantly talks about how bad this film is, right? Oh right. wait, oh they do. Well, yeah, so bad that it was mentioned in Zombieland. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I was about to bring up a, a, a similar example. It sort of went the other way, but like, you know. When uh, with that that Nine Lives movie, another cat voice when Kevin Spacey was that guy who oh, got turned into no. a cat. Yes, it was like, oh, good lord! Like, obviously, this isn't going to hurt your career, but like, this right. is an especially terrible choice for you. And then, of course, now he's in like huge trouble. So right, or like when when Tim Allen did the Shaggy Dog, it's like, oh, ah, why did. I know why they do these movies. What? It's but because it's, it's, it's easy. It's also like, but come on, what were you thinking? Like there's right. a certain amount of like schlock or easy money that we won't judge you for, like yeah. the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. But even yeah. then, the Santa Claus is a good movie. Like I watched right. that recently. It's, fine. it's a yeah. good film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now I, I now the the sequels are like okay, these are sort of schlocky, but at that point I get yeah. it. Like you're right. he's still good as the, in that role, yeah. you know. So right. I, I don't I don't blame him. But with but with the Shaggy Dog, is like come on, guy, what are you doing? Like Robert Downey Jr.'s in that film. Yeah, he is. And but that but, was pre-Iron Man. But but you exactly you understand why he's in it because he's like, look, dude, I'm just happy to be working right now. Like, right, exactly. I'm, I'm like, I'm I'm like one year sober. I just needed yep. my name on some stuff. And yep. they're like, we're gonna turn your character into a dog later later in the film. And he's like, great. Okay, fine. I'm yeah, I'll do whatever. Yeah, sure well, thing. What um, kind of dog? A Sharpay or a bulldog? I'll I'll <laughs> I'll play it differently if you want. Right. Um, that's like, uh, Will Arnett just did, uh, that show dogs movie. Did you see the trailer for this thing or hear yeah. anything about it? Yeah. I heard, oh, the, I, Lord. I saw, I saw an especially bad clip that was particularly offensive given the climate in Hollywood right now. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And they, they actually pulled that scene from theater. Yes. I heard <laughs> They re-edited the film. All right. We have to talk about it now. So for those of you who don't know, Show Dogs was a film. Um, it came out just recently. Um, Will Arnett is in it. He's like a, he's like a cop and he has a, a, a dog who's his partner and the dog has to go undercover at a, 
I guess like a dog show. And so they have to train this cop dog who yeah. talks, of course, yeah. how to walk and look like a show dog. And one of the things that show dogs go through is that the the judges will handle uh, the dog's genitals. Yeah, they just kind of walk up there and like put put their hands up on the dog and check them. Why they do that, I don't know, but they do. I get um, <laughs> And and um, evidently a lot of like parents got really upset because there's like a whole sequence in the film where uh, the dog has to learn that if somebody wants to touch you, you just have to like go to a happy place and let it happen. You have to go somewhere else in your mind. Yeah. yeah, and and so like a lot of parents got like really upset, and they were like, "This is teaching like a really bad message." Yeah, like, this kids is teaching are gonna... kids to just to suck it up and deal with abuse when it happens to them. Right, and so and so like the like it got big enough that the the studio actually pulled the movie from theaters yeah. and issued a re edit that does not include that scene at all. And it's like, who? Number one, the screenwriter who wrote that. Why? Stupid. Secondly. Right, and then secondly, the director who filmed it, uh-huh. and like Will Arnett and Every, everybody. That's like, the thing. Like, that's it's one nobody those, thought. It's one of those things. that's like not only should this never have happened, but this got back. This 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 got this got past hundreds of people. This is a yes. this is a film where like dogs talk. So there's animators doing lip flaps. There's yeah. there's tr- there's dog trainers. There's actors. Yeah. Everyone yeah. on the crew, all standards practices, lawyers. Everyone's sitting there going, "This is fine." That's I don't fine. know. And I'm sure someone brought up like, hey, you know, maybe this is, oh, well, they're dogs. That's fine. Dogs aren't being molested, just people, right? It's right, like, well, right, right. One, I can tell you, dogs get molested. Two, it's they're, they're meant to be taken seriously as characters, so they're essentially yes. allegories for people. And Correct. three, hashtag me too. What the fuck? Who didn't think of right. this? And, right. And, and no one, everyone put their stamp on this and said, this is fine. And then, of course, right. when it's not fine, everyone's like, oh, God. And not to mention, that scene should have been cut just because it wasn't funny. Right. Well, the whole movie should be cut. But... <laughs> but, but <laughs> Like they, they should have pulled the whole film from theaters and just issued like a, a film what reel that a says we're sorry. Thing to do, yeah. God, I, I just don't understand. <laughs> like, I, I guess you could be so like caught up in like actually filming it sure. that you're not thinking about it. But like when the dailies come in, like sit down and watch them and go, mm-hmm. oh, oh no, wait a second, we can't do that. We've done a bad thing here. Yeah. But even though, like, even even outside of me too, just that scene in general, like. It's not really just the timing. It's not like time timing makes it especially like egregious, but it's yeah. also like yeah, but the the the, the essential um the lesson if you will is still in there like oh, if this happens to you, just sort of get through just, it. Just yeah, just let it happen. Yeah. Like oh, okay. Yeah, no. That's not not okay. not not good. Not good at all. Um okay. <laughs> um Real quick, I want to uh, I want to mention. So th- that's a that's a that's a good segue. Not really, but we're gonna make it a good segue into Letterboxd. Okay. Letterboxd. <laughs> um, so if you're listening at the beginning of the show, you know that we are sort of partnering a promotion with Letterboxd to get a 12 month uh, free upgrade or extension to Letterbox Pro. I almost said Letterboxd again. God, I don't know what that deal is. <laughs> it's probably the, it's the pro that's screwing me up. But Letterboxd, right, Letter right, Pros, right. Letterboxd. Letter proxy, letter proxy. <clears throat> um, 
So yeah, if you would like to be eligible for that, then of course you can email us at hoopercast at gmail.com, send us the code word in the subject line and give us your um, letterbox um, username so that we know who to pass on towards. Um, <clears throat> yes. The, uh, the code word, this... <laughs> code we're gonna we're gonna make this a code phrase all right you ready for this okay this is I'm gonna ready. be a double a double purpose you ready here's the okay, code phrase me. amelia go to bed go to bed <laughs> good night okay once again the phrase is amelia go to bed that is the code <laughs> phrase this month for july because I couldn't think of anything until I turned around and she was standing right there, like like right. like the like the little boy from the Grudge, <laughs> just standing <laughs> in the doorway. God. Get out of my dreams! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyway, email funny. me with the phrase "Amelia, go to bed" or "Go to bed." Just either of those things. You don't have to mention my child's name, and prefer you not actually. Now that I think about it, so uh, just email us with the phrase "Go to bed." In yes. the subject line, username for Letterboxd, and uh, get eligible to be picked. We'll pick the winner at the end of July, July. or the beginning of August, whatever. Whenever yeah. we feel like it. I don't have to yeah. tell you when. Anyway, right. so um, we're going to say goodbye for this portion of the show for all the YouTube people. So if you're on YouTube right now and you notice that the time code's almost out, it's because the episode is almost over for you. It is not, however, over for the Patreon viewers. So if you want to be a part of that prestigious echelon of privileged folk you can donate one dollar and buy the rest of this episode on patreon.com slash supercast well there you go it's pretty easy most of us have a dollar have one dollar yeah. and if you want to $1. hear uh, more of our show go over there and um just submit the one dollar become a patron it's uh we charge per video we're not gonna charge you per month we're not gonna charge you uh an exorbitant amount um right of money it's just you can you can it's, it's a la carte baby so um patreon.com slash supercast one dollar um to get a full episode of the show and plus if you start doing that you get early access you can go yes. over there and decide that oh like because if you had done that already you'd have gotten this episode last week but you're getting it this week yep. or you know if you're really behind like me on your youtube watch laters it might be two weeks from now we might have already right. picked the letterbox winner for july maybe it's august now and you're just sort of you, you, you just got out of prison or something and you're you know you're watching these videos you know way yep. later it's like okay yeah. well patreon.com slash supercast you can be among the first you can catch up the only people who see the episode before you if you're a patron are me not even dustin sees them i don't dustin sees them when you get them exactly yeah so anyway um but dustin gets them for free that's true because dustin. i do have i have a dollar that's why i have a dollar is because yeah. i don't have to buy them yes yeah, that's true <laughs> i just charge <laughs> justin lots of time and phone calls yes <laughs> Um, anyway, patreon.com slash supercast. Goodbye, YouTube people. We'll see you guys next week. Um, I do want to talk about one more thing um, that sure. didn't occur to me to talk about until um, last night when I finished it, but also okay. um, just now because it really it ends up tying in in that strange way to Inside Lewin Davis. Um, so okay. 1961 Greenwich Village, New York. Roll back the clock three years, but still New York, and you've got the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, ah, yes. So 1958, New York. Um, this is um, an Amazon Instant or Amazon Prime Instant Video. What, what the hell is there? service called now i'm so confused just amazon prime, amazon prime all yeah. right so this is an original series um i was already watching this show 
um, when they were nominated and when Rachel Brosnahan, did she win for Best Actress? I think she did. Okay, well, she was at least nominated, if, if, not, if not winning for for Best Lead Actress. Um, maybe it's in a comedy. I, can't, I don't even know how to break down the, the, the um, categories anymore. Um, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is uh, created. Now, this does mean something. Normally, this doesn't really mean much. But this was created by a woman named Amy Sherman Palladino. If you have heard that name before, if that name is familiar to you, um, it's because, and if it's not familiar to you, um, it's should be Amy Sherman Palladino also created Gilmore Girls hey. created wrote, directed produced all this cr- heavily creatively involved in Gilmore Girls also in Bunheads um, which was uh, the show that uh, one of the shows she did after that uh, I think she was she was a writer for Roseanne um, this is a show starring uh, Rachel Brosnahan you might recognize her um, from House of Cards she was um, the the mysterious call girl um, from the early seasons of that show. Um, this also stars Alex Borstein, who, um, if you don't recognize her, she's the voice of Lois Griffin from Family Guy. Hey, um, Lois. Yeah, yeah, Alex Borstein, yeah. And um, you've also got um, Tony Shalhoub in here, um, uh, a bunch of other people, um, and a bunch of fun you know, well, not a bunch of fun cameos. A lot of a lot of actors I've never heard of before, and 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 it's a it's a really well cast show, and it's essentially mm. the 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 plot of the show is um, Rachel Brosnahan plays Midge Maisel. She's a she's a young you know mid mid twenties um, housewife, two kids in New York City. She's happy. She's married to a good guy. He's got a good job. They got great kids. You know, her she lives in the same penthouse. Uh, you know, in the Upper West Side as the, as their parents, as as her parents. Everything's good. Um, and then her husband comes home and tells her um, he's having an affair and he leaves. So she's sort of left with like nothing. You know, like oh God, what am I going to do? At the same time, she sort of realizes and and sort of falls into the comedy scene. Um, mm. Uh, the stand-up comedy scene um, of the late '50s New York, and finds out she goes downstairs one night, trashed, and starts going off about her, uh, her, 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 you know, the affair she just found out about, and um, and she gets a lot of laughs, and and um, uh, Susie Meyerson, played by Alex Borstein, kind of realizes that this girl has got something, and so the show, the following eight episodes, sort of follow. Um, Midge as she sort of takes on um, you know um, the 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 early um, the early culture of the 60s I mean this is sort of the same era as Mad Men that's happening so if you sort of remind yourself of like the social norms of the 60s and the sort of male driven um, uh, social spaces and workplaces and all that kind of stuff you sort of got early first wave feminism um, happening yeah. in this show and you've got it through the lens of this of this whip smart, um, extremely funny, um, uh, lead. Um, mm. this show is five stars. This mm. is a great show. Um, I Sweet. thoroughly enjoyed it. This show is, is super hilarious. Um, of course, of course you got it run by Amy Sherman Palladino and her husband, Dan. So already you have a track record of, of people who know how to run a show, um, and, and to write great dialogue, especially for women, um, and female characters, but also just in, in really great relatable scenarios, um, across periods. And, um, and, the dialogue is so good in this show. It's phenomenal. Um, the storylines are good. The character dynamics are great. Um, Tony Shalhoub in particular is a, is a fantastic part of this show as her father, um, 
and uh, it's just the banter between these characters, similar to Gilmore Girls, um, a little edgier because of because it's Amazon's. There's no you know FCC um, sure. is 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 great. Um, there's there's um, there's a, like a little bit of nudity if you're sensitive about that. It's up front in the first episode. You don't see that much of it. You know for the rest of the show, it's pretty much in context. It's not really gratuitous and um, and. I'd say even all the cursing, if you're sensitive to that, is is you know it's not it's I wouldn't say it's plentiful, but it's also you know used sparingly, um, at least in my opinion. Um, and uh, I'll say in particular also from a filmmaking perspective, there's a lot of long takes in this show. They're very mm, and a lot a lot of long that. camera movements, a lot of a lot of scenes that take place all in one shot. So from a filmmaking perspective, you're super engaged to what's going on yeah. in the scene. There's a lot of moving around the room that the camera does, a lot of well chore just a lot of well choreographed blocking in this show from a directorial that. perspective. Yeah, Dustin, I think you'd love this show. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um um, and especially Rachel Brosnahan especially is great in this show because she's 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 strikingly beautiful, but she's also extremely funny in the show. Um, so she's she's easy on the eyes. She's she's engaging as a character. She's engaging as a stand up um, and she's sympathetic as a character, as a as a mother, as a, you know, as a, a wronged, you know, uh, uh, wife. Um um, and sympathetic as an underdog in the in the comedy scene without being like overly she's not like a she's not self-pitying or anything like that sure. there's, no, there's nothing like melodramatic or stupid about the character so sure. it's it's a fantastic show so I'd definitely get the first season of the marvelous mrs. Maisel five stars there's nothing That's wrong awesome. with this show in my opinion um, and uh, I'm, it looks they're showing three seasons on IMDb, so I'm guessing that means they were renewed. Yeah, I think for, it's been for, renewed. Yeah, yeah, for two more seasons. I think the second uh, season is going to premiere pretty soon, actually, sometime this year, probably mm. in the fall, I guess. I'm ex- I'm looking forward to it. Um, Sweet. This is probably the only show my wife has recommended that I watch that was an absolute golden recommendation. This Sweet. is a, I, and I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have found it um, if not for her. So I must thank Mrs. Hooper for, for, um, for turning me on to this show. Um, great show. I, I, I highly recommend it. That's amazing. Yeah. So I just, I just wanted to mention that sort of on the tail end real quick. Awesome. Yeah, man. Um, why don't we close it out for this episode, Dustin? I'm good with that. All right, cool. Sorry. I just, I I didn't mean to go on so much about it, but uh, I I finished the episode. I finished the season finally, um, last night and it was extremely satisfying. That's awesome. And I'm excited for no, I've, I've heard stories. really, really good things. I know we, um, so without getting into too much detail, mm-hmm. um, the job that I work, um, uh, we do a, uh, television festival and, uh, that was one of the, one of the like gets that we, that we really wanted. Mm. Um, and, uh, so I just heard like all these people, like you have to see this show, you have to see it. And, um, and so, yeah, I have not gotten around to seeing it, but it is on the list, um, because it, it, a looks amazing and B, um, I've just heard nothing but like golden things. Oh yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I think it's a great show. That's going to be it for this episode of the Hoopercast, everybody. So, um, again, support us on Patreon. Uh, also iTunes. Oh God, there's a lot of, I forgot all the, I've already forgotten all the, uh, all the things we're on. Um, we are on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, SoundCloud, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Breaker, Anchor FM, and actually, as of today, 
Uh, well, of course. So now this is a couple weeks. So you know, but and recently, as of the recording, yeah, yeah. as of the recording of this episode, we are also on Google Podcasts. Hey. Yep. So we are everywhere you can find Taking podcasts. the world by storm. Absolutely. We're also going to be doing some audio commentaries pretty soon. Excited about that. And um, yeah. And if yeah, I can man. get this open broadcaster software to work, maybe even some live live streams that uh, oh, exclusive snap. to patrons. So yes. That'd be awesome. Yeah. If I can get it to work, maybe we'll yeah. see. Let's we can definitely happen. we can definitely stream the audio. We just won't put up any video. <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> Which is fine with me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just being in my, my PJs. There we go. All right, everybody. Um, see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Woo.